Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Crowd Noise Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Martinez, on a Thursday, March 5th, 2020. No episode last week, I do apologize for that, but I did have some business that I needed to attend to last Thursday, so that's why there was uh, no episode last week. Uh, did not fully get around to completing said business, but it just so happens I don't have to uh, address it today on, a, on another Thursday, so that's why we're here. But nevertheless, we are back. Finally, um, today, March 5th, all basketball episode for you. We do have a solid quote of the week for you. Um, four weeks, excuse me, three weeks from today. Yeah, one three weeks from today, March 26th, we do have opening day in Major League Baseball. So you have that to look forward to. Um, for our 2020 season predictions, I guess you could say, division winners, playoff bracket, preseason World Series champs, all that good stuff. So that's only three short weeks away. I cannot, I can't wait for that episode. I always love, my favorite episodes are always the first of the season as far as predicting who's going to win divisions in all sports, in, in basketball, baseball, football, college basketball and football. Those are always my favorite ones. Getting to predict stuff and, and you know make predictions months in advance. You guys know I, I just love doing that because I'm I'm the best at it, quite frankly. So I'm looking forward to that. Just three weeks away, we have that to look forward to. But in the meantime, we're gonna hold off on the baseball because it's only spring training, and I could conjure up a story. I don't want to. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't have that kind of energy. Uh, reserve today. So to be honest with you, you know, we all kind of have slow days. Today it's, you know, slow day for me. We're going to stick to the NBA because the NBA is in full swing and it's only getting hotter as we inch closer and closer to the playoffs. The season's getting a little bit more interesting day by day. And it got really interesting over the course of this past week. James Harden, Giannis Antetokounmpo, chirping back and forth at each other. Um, and I got to say, I, I love it. I think it's, you know, this season is is lacking a true story, in my opinion. I don't think there's any real overall narrative across this season. There's no juggernaut team because like six teams can win the title and we don't know who it's going to be. So there's no there's no storyline this year. And finally, when you know, when the dust starts to settle... We have this back and forth beef. And it's probably not even as big of a deal as we want to make it out to be. But again, because we kind of have been starving for a story this year, you know, this is this is the best that we got. And it's a it's a lot of fun. I gotta say, these are the two premier players in the game, and they're going back and forth, jawing at each other. I think it's great. You know, the biggest story to this point, honestly, before we had this was honestly Zion Williamson. And I kind of said, you know, I kind of downplayed that one. And I still downplay Zion Williamson because, again, I'm, I'm a John Morant guy myself. Um, but Zion Williamson, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from him. He has been balling over the course of the last week or two weeks. Or since he's entered the league, he has been, he's been playing, I mean, otherworldly. But, again, I'm just, I have a preference towards John Morant. He's been playing just as good over the course of the entire season. So that's just my opinion. But... Back to the Giannis and Harden beef. This kind of started, well, actually, no, this started a few years ago, okay, when 
like when Dwight Howard was still on the Rockets. Like this was kind of brewing way back then. You know, they had a uh, an altercation on the court, kind of pushing back and forth, jawing at each other. But you know, that was that's that happens every, just about every other night in the NBA. Guys are pushing each other, it gets physical, things get heated, whatever. But that was their first altercation. Fast forward to the year 2020, All-Star break, All-Star draft specifically. Giannis and Charles kind of have a back and forth. Uh, uh, Charles Barkley, rather, says, uh, you don't want the dribbler, re- uh, referencing James Harden, because they were drafting uh, players for the All-Star game, because that's what they do now, which is a format uh, you know, I tend to like. Uh, but they were drafting players, and Giannis took Kemba Walker, who's a fine player, he's an All-Star, but he took Kemba Walker over James Harden, and Charles Barkley says, you don't want the dribbler? And Giannis says, I want someone who's going to pass the ball. And he said it with a smile, and they started laughing. It was meant to be in a joking manner. Uh, but James Harden didn't, didn't appreciate those comments. He didn't take that very lightly. So fast forward a few more weeks from that, All-Star Game passes, you know, nothing, nothing happened there. Like there wasn't any pushing or shoving or back and forth during the All-Star Game. That was, you know, the All-Star Game was standard. And then fast forward to this week. And James Harden has an interview on the jump with Rachel Nichols. And James Harden was not happy. He was not happy with Giannis Antetokounmpo one bit about those comments. And he says, well, I, don't, I don't understand the joke. I'm, I'm just a dribble. I don't know how to pass. I'm top 10 in the league in assists, which is true. James Harden is top 10 in the game in assists. And then he also goes on to say, None of them, none of them referring to Giannis or Kemba. I mean, Kemba really didn't have anything to do with this scenario. So, I mean, that part, you know, I would just, I would tend to, me personally, I would leave Kemba out of this. But James Harden says, and he's right, none of them can mess with me. None of them can lock me down. It starts this whole beef. And that wasn't even the extent of what he said. What he said, which caught headlines is, and I'm, I'm quoting here as James Harden, I have to play with skill. I wish... I was just seven feet and can just run and dunk over people all night long. That takes no skill. What I have to do is create for myself and actually learn how to play basketball. Those were his words. And so, of course, we haven't had any kind of uh, animosity towards players like that. And this isn't even really that harsh. It's not like he said, you know, I want to fight him or anything like that. This was all about basketball. So this isn't even the fiercest rivalry we've had in NBA history, but it's the fiercest that we've had in a little while, and I think people are kind of hung- hungry for a rivalry between individual players like this. Um, and so Twitter, you know, NBA Twitter went ablaze. People were going back and forth. You know, whose side are you on? And majority of people are on Team Giannis. Majority of the people are backing Giannis onto the Kumpo, saying, how could you say he has no skill? James Harden's just a scorer. He's, you know, doesn't really perform well in the postseason, this, that, and the other. Uh, majority of people are on Team Giannis. And so that's kind of brings us up to speed to today. This is where I set up what we're going to talk about on the Crowd Noise podcast. I got to be honest with you, I'm on Team Harden. I'm 110,000% behind James Harden in this scenario. Do I fully agree with the notion that Giannis has zero skill? Not necessarily, but I see where James Harden is coming from. James Harden is so is so underappreciated in the game of basketball. It's honestly sickening. And I think ironically I touched on this 
during the last episode of the Crowd Noise podcast, which was uh, two weeks ago, I was talking about the Rockets and how, yeah, I was talking about the Rockets and how I think you know people are kind of undervaluing them, undervaluing them in the postseason. And I went on to explain, you know, James Harden does not give nearly as much credit as he deserves. And then fast forward one week, and then this pops up. So again, I guess you could say the psychic strikes again. Um, yeah, you know, James Harden is so vastly underappreciated. And it just makes me sick when people say, oh, he's just a scorer. All he does is score. He doesn't add anything to his team. He's not a winner. He's not a team player. And to those people, I ask you, what does James Harden need to do to help the Rockets win? Honestly, if, if you feel like James Harden is not a complete basketball player, um, and you just say, well, he's, he's just a scorer. He doesn't add, any, he doesn't add to his team winning. He's not really helping his team. He's kind of self-destructive. What is James Harden doing or not doing that is hurting the Houston Rockets? And I know you're going to say, well, he's not a good defender because that's, that's the cheap shot that everyone likes to take. Everyone likes to poke fun at James Harden's defense. His defense is vastly improved over the years. And especially now, he's not, I mean, he's not Kawhi Leonard. I mean, Let's get that out of the way. He's not a lockdown defender. But James Harden's defense is vastly improved, especially in today's game. We're witnessing James Harden in his prime over the past two to three seasons, including this one. James Harden is in his prime. And I get he's not top 10, top 15 in the league defensively, but he can hold his own. And then you, I know you want to say, well, he doesn't pass the ball. He's a selfish scorer. He doesn't, he doesn't move the ball around. Again, he's top 10 in the league in assists. James Harden can move the basketball around. And it just bothers me. Because, here's what bothers me the most. In our lifetimes, we're probably not going to see another scorer like James Harden again. Maybe we will in our lifetimes. Like when we're in 20, 50, 60, 70 we might see another score like James Harden. We may. Probably not. James Harden is so dominant offensively. And he's so dominant offensively that we take him for granted. And you may remember last season, I, this, and this kind of adds to the whole quote-unquote beef as well. James, I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I feel, and I think a lot of people kind of side with me here, I feel stole the MVP from James Harden last season. That's just the way I feel. And I said that last year. You can go back in the Crowd Noise database and find that episode. I don't know what number it is or what the title is, but it's back there. I felt like Harden should have won MVP. And I said it last season for this reason. People just got complacent with how dominant James Harden was on the basketball court. That 35 points, 10 assists, 12 assists was, was, was standard for James Harden. And it was and it is still now. 35 points, 12 assists for James Harden, that's your floor. Think about that for a second. 35 and 12, that is where you're starting with James Harden on a night-to-night basis. That is dominant. That is, I mean, you can't measure that kind of impact that that has on an individual game. And James Harden was doing it so consistently that people got bored with it, which just drives me up a wall that you would get bored with dominance. 
and Giannis Antetokounmpo, again, he's a great player. I'm not trying to undersell him like he's no good, but I understand where James Harden is coming from. People crown Giannis Antetokounmpo and do not give the same credit to James Harden. I'm not saying don't give Giannis any credit. I'm saying give Harden the credit that he deserves as well because people are taking James Harden for granted. And honestly, as a basketball fan, it really disturbs me because when it's all said and done, and after James Harden is retired and he's long since his career is long since passed, then people are going to come around and say, "Wow, we we missed out on this on this offensive juggernaut. Well, when will we ever witness something like this again?" No, not we. You did. You missed out on James Harden because you were, I'm, I, for whatever reason, whatever bias you have against James Harden and people who, I mean, who can score the basketball. That's on you. I don't have, I'm not going to have any of that guilt because I 110% love James Harden's game. And I don't think, you know, the dribble, you know, the Charles Barkley joke, and a lot of people, it's not just him, a lot of people have this against James Harden. Well, he dribbles too much, it's just isolation basketball. And what's, what's wrong with that? If you can go out and get it on a night to night basis on your own, and, you know, potentially any given night, you're, you're, um, you have a chance to score 50 points. That's a bad thing. And he's not, I don't, I do not buy into this notion whatsoever that his scoring is hurting the Rockets. I have never bought into that for one second. That James Harden, because he's dribbling and he's scoring so much that it's it's hurting the Rockets. And I know what you're going to say. Well, they never beat the Warriors. They could never beat the Warriors in the playoffs because James Harden was, he, he wouldn't pass the ball and he was trying to score through three players. Okay, yeah, you know, you know what the problem is with that statement? They couldn't beat the Golden State Warriors, the most dominant dynasty maybe since Shaq and Kobe and before that, Jordan's Bulls. I mean... No, he could not beat the, the excuse me the Warriors. No, he could not by himself. This is before he had uh, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, Chris Paul, sure. That that um, relationship, that the chemistry was just not there. And don't tell me, well, that's because of James Harden. Well, this year he's flourishing with Russell Westbrook. So I did not think that was going to happen. You can also check the database on that. I was very clear. I did not think this relationship was going to work at all, and it has. Russell Westbrook looks like a new player next to James Harden. So don't tell me that James Harden makes his teammates better. Because honestly, I think Russell Westbrook looks better now than what he did with Paul George. I'm just going to be very frank with you. I, I, I truly believe that. I truly believe Russell Westbrook now is better than what he was last year or two years ago. I, I do believe that. So yeah, he has not made it to the NBA Finals. Has not overcome the juggernaut that were the Golden State Warriors. Um... No one else did. Also, literally no one. It wasn't a James Harden thing. It was a Golden State Warriors thing. They were the best roster in the league, head and shoulders, and no one could touch them. And yet they still pushed those teams to seven and six games. And even still, they were missing Chris Paul. Again, we all, the, the famous the hamstring in Houston. Had Chris Paul not pulled that hamstring, we have no idea how you know how that series would have shaped out maybe it wouldn't have been different maybe it would have we will never know so don't tell me it's all because of James Harden because he doesn't pass the ball and he's a scorer that's the stupidest basketball statement I've ever heard 
You score too many points. You need to slow it down, pal. You're scoring too much. That's why we're losing games, because you're scoring too many points. I mean, just say that out loud. James Harden is no good because he scores too much. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. That is beyond stupidity to say that James Harden scores too much. What is he supposed to do? I mean, what is he supposed to do? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense whatsoever. And so I'm just, I want people to fully understand where I'm coming from. James Harden needs to be appreciated more because he is an all-time scorer, an all-time scorer. He's averaging 30, 35 points. He is averaging 35 points a night this season. He's averaging 35. Giannis is right behind him, averaging 29. You know, that is absolutely solid. I mean, Giannis is a great player. I'm not fully going in. Giannis is a bum. He's no good. I'm not, I'm not doing that, okay, because I'm not an idiot. Giannis is a great player. What I'm saying is, I think people are undervaluing James Harden severely. And to say that he's not a winner is, I, I think, you know, I think it's pretty disrespectful. And if you say, well, he's never proven in the postseason, my argument is, Giannis has? Giannis Antetokounmpo has proven he can play in the postseason? He was shut down last season by Toronto. After going up two games to nothing in that series, he was utterly shut down offensively. And to that I say, Giannis has holes in his game offensively. You can, you can scheme against Giannis. Yes, he is a dominant force. Again, I get it. He's a great player. But offensively, you can expose him. And it has been proven on the biggest stage in basketball in the postseason. He can be slowed down offensively. Can you say the same about James Harden? Can you say that there are any holes in James Harden's game offensively? Can I mean, literally, I don't know what you would say. He can shoot from anywhere. He can get to the rim. He can finish at the rim. He makes all his free throws. He can move the ball. Don't tell me he doesn't pass the ball because that's just utterly not true. He can pass the ball. There are zero holes in James Harden's game offensively, where there are a few holes in Giannis's game. There are teams that literally will zone him up like it's like the Syracuse zone. And it's given him it's given him problems in the past. He has improved against zone defense, don't get me wrong. But that's probably you you can scheme against Yana. There's no defensive scheme for James Harden. Your scheme is to send all five guys to to James Harden as soon as he gets the ball, and maybe even when he doesn't have the ball. You have three guys on him at all times. And he's still giving you buckets. He's, it's not like you're shutting him down. You're just trying to slow him down. Even when he was playing against those Golden State teams and they were doubling with Kevin Durant and, and Draymond Green and, and Iguodala, they were sending waves of defenders at James Harden. He was still getting 30 or 40 points. He was still balling on Golden State. They were just, quite frankly, the, I mean, the better team. You're not going to sit up here and argue with me that the Rockets were on a level playing field with the Golden State Warriors. No, they were fighting an uphill battle. Everyone knew it. Everyone knew that. So that's not a James Harden problem again. 
So don't tell me he's not a winner because he didn't he hasn't done it in the postseason. Well, he had to go through Golden State, okay, for however many seasons, and now he's got to go through L.A. twice, the Clippers and the Lakers, and I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think honestly, we're looking at we're talking about postseason specifically. I think Houston's probably the third best team in the West. I truly mean that. I think Houston is right there behind L.A. and L.A. Both the Lakers and the Clippers. I think they're better than the. I think they're better than the Nuggets. I really, really do. I think Houston's going to make some noise in this postseason. Can they beat either of those teams? I don't know. Over a course of a seven-game series, again, I'm not sure. But I don't think their rosters are as deep as the Clippers or as as talented necessarily. Or not going to say as talented, but as deep as the Lakers or the Clippers, because the Clipper, the Lakers again can just throw waves of, of bigs at you, and that's just going to be an interesting matchup if they play the Lakers to see, you know, small ball Houston versus, you know, early 2000s basketball with the Lakers. But again, that's down the road. Talking about now, I'm 100% behind James Harden. People need to start putting some more respect on James Harden's name, and maybe they won't. And after that whole, after the Rachel Nichols interview came out, Giannis had 40 points that night. So that kind of, you know, I I think that did upset Giannis as well. And good, it should have. He's a competitor. He's not going to want to hear that James Harden says they can't mess with him. That's going to fire up Giannis Antetokounmpo. So kudos to him as well. Again, I'm not against Giannis Antetokounmpo. I want people, I just want more love for James Harden. So even though after that night he dropped 40, everyone was kind of turning on Harden saying, wow, what a clown. He doesn't know what he's talking about. How does Giannis have skill, this, that, and the other. Yeah, Giannis had a great game. Harden's been doing that on a night-to-night basis. (laughs) I mean, 43 points for James Harden. What else? What else do you need? I mean, James Harden's the, right now, right this second, he's the best scorer in the game of basketball, potentially going forward as well, because we don't know what Kevin Durant is going to look like when he comes back from his Achilles tear. I think Kevin Durant will be close to like Kevin Durant level. Uh, I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff, but I mean, James Harden, what more do you need to see from him? And people are only, what sucks about this scenario is that people fall into the trap of, well, he doesn't have any rings, and so he, we're not going to believe it until he has any rings. Maybe he won't ever win a title. Because, again, I don't know if the Rockets can beat the Clippers or the Lakers. I don't. I think they'll get to one of, if not both of them, as far as matchups. I, I mean, I think they'll get to one of, and then if they beat one of them, they'll get to the other one. I don't know if they'll beat both of them. So maybe James Harden never gets that ring. Does that devalue James Harden? Does that mean he's no good as an all-time player? Unfortunately, what history tells us, yes. Which is not true, but that's just the culture in the NBA. And it's ironic that you have a guy like Charles Barkley, Mr. Dan Marino in the NBA. He is the poster child for great players without a ring. I think Charles Barkley is probably the greatest player who doesn't have a ring. Or at least that's the first player that comes to mind. When you say... Tell me who you think, you know, list the great players in the NBA who don't have a ring. The first player that comes out of your mouth is Charles Barkley and then like Carl Malone, John Stockton. For the most part, it's, it's Charles Barkley. Does that mean Charles Barkley is a bum and he's no good? If you ask Charles Barkley if he thinks he's a bum because he, he doesn't have any rings, what do you think Charles Barkley is going to say? And then after that follow-up question... Ask him if he thinks James Harden is any good because he doesn't have any rings. And he's probably going to have a different answer to that question, which is hypocritical. And that should prove my point. 
James Harden doesn't need a championship ring to validate how dominant he's been. Will it elevate his game? Absolutely, because that's what having a championship ring does. Does he necessarily... Okay, do I need to see James Harden win a championship to change my mind about James Harden? No. Do most people need to see that? Yes, unfortunately. They're wrong, but that's what they need to see. And it makes it kind of upsets me because I don't know if he'll ever get that championship ring. I hope he does. I sincerely hope James Harden wins a title, if not multiple titles, before his career is over. Because that, unfortunately, it's just a hand that, that we've been dealt. That's the only way that people are going to come around and truly appreciate James Harden as, as a basketball player. And by the same token, Giannis doesn't have any rings either. I get that he's been in the league far less than James Harden has. But as, as of right now, they have the same number of championship rings. So I don't think that's a fair argument whatsoever. And Giannis plays in the East. And he did not have to go through the Golden State Warriors throughout, what, 2015 to 2019? He didn't have that, that obstacle in front of him. Now time for the quote of the week. I know it's a pretty quick episode. Only one top of the show segment and then already the quote of the week. It's been a slow week. What do you, what do you want from me? Yeah, I know I've been off for two weeks. But again, there hasn't been much going on in the game of basketball lately until we got this Harden-Giannis thing. There hasn't been a lot of stories to talk about. You want me to break down regular season games? Because I will. I will absolutely do that. But be careful what you wish for, because I don't know if you truly want me to do that. Um, we're going to have more content, though, over the course of you know the next few weeks with baseball turning up. And uh, you know I'm sure basketball, this Harden-Giannis thing, it's not going away. So we're going to have some more developments over the next uh, two or three weeks or so. So let's close it out real strong. We got a good quarter of the week here for you. This should be, we're not ending on a sour note. We're just, and again, I don't like to say they're short episodes. I like to say they're efficient episodes we got them over in a hurry real quick um here we go quote you haven't seen lonzo in playoff mode lavar ball his name just makes me like physically sick uh he was on undisputed this week for honestly i i I gotta tell you fox networks honestly make me like physically sick because they routinely, routinely invite LeVar Ball onto, like, as on a studio tour. He wasn't just on Undisputed. He was on, like, six Fox shows over, like, this, when, I don't even know when this was. It was, like, on Monday or something like that. But he was on, like, seven shows. They don't just bring him on for one inter- interview. They bring him on for every show from, like, nine in the morning to three in the afternoon. And they do it, they do that often. LeVar Ball is like regularly on Fox Sports. And, you know, that just proves that, like, Fox Sports literally has no shame. They will absolutely do anything to grab headlines. I mean, they just have some awful content on there as well. I mean, on the show, Undisputed is is quite frankly a joke. I mean, they're not even trying. It's a blatant ripoff of First Take. I don't even like First Take. I cannot stand First Take. It, it's unwatchable for me. And this is what LeVar Ball does. I'm not even talking about what I wanted to talk about. I'm just setting the stage for how much, how obnoxious he as well as Fox Sports is. And I haven't even gotten into what, you know, we're here to talk about. So there's that. You know, if you're more obnoxious than ESPN, 
you have a problem because ESPN has some obnoxious programming as well. I mean, they have some really annoying shows on there. And Fox is even worse than they are. So, you know, that tells you how bad it is over at Fox Sports. Anyway, he says, and again, I, this, is a, this is why I, I blame Fox Sports. Are we... If, you have, if there's a stray dog, if you're, going, if you're walking you know, through your neighborhood every day, whatever. Let's just say there's, there's this one house that has this crazy pit bull attack dog, whatever, guard dog. And you walk by the house and the dog jumps out and bites you. Okay, first time you say, you know, you tell the, the owner of the house, hey, your dog came out and bit me. The next day you go out, you walk, you walk by their house and they bite you again. You say, hey, what's wrong with your dog? Like, your dog keeps biting me. And then if you go out on the third day in a row and then the dog bites you for a third straight time, that's no longer on the dog. That's on you for not knowing which direction to walk in. You should probably just not give the dog an opportunity to bite you because it's a dog, it, it's going to bite you. That's what it does by nature. And so the point I'm trying to make is I'm not even upset with LeVar Ball anymore. The dog is going to bite you because that's what the dog does. LeVar Ball is going to say stupid things because that's what LeVar Ball does. He says stupid things. This isn't a LeVar Ball Ball problem anymore. He's just a dumb human being. Okay, so be it. He's, you know, that's that's who he is. Good for him. He just says dumb things. The problem now is the networks that continually give him a platform to speak on. This is, I'm not even mad at LeVar anymore. He's an idiot. I understand that. But it's not his fault. He was just born with the... He has the brain that he was born with. I mean, he can't control that. I mean, I'm sure he'd love to have my brain. I will not give it to him because he does not deserve it. But Fox Sports, this is on them. ESPN, to their credit, as obnoxious as they are, they actually said, you know, you're not coming on our networks anymore. We are done with LeVar Ball. So credit to ESPN. And I hate ESPN. But I give them enough credit for saying, we're not bringing them on the networks anymore. We're not putting them on airwaves. Fox does not have that kind of courage just yet. They're going to wait until he does something. They're going to wait until the dog kills somebody and says something really bad, and then they're going to blame the dog for biting someone, when in reality, it's not the dog's fault, it's your fault. So he says on here, now we're actually getting to the story. He says, <laughs> he says the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs. They're currently the 12th seed. Uh, in the NBA. Actually, let me fact check that real quick. The last time I saw they were number 12. I'm going to fact check that for you really quick. But he says they're going to make um, they're going to make the playoffs in the Western Conference and they're going to beat the Los Angeles Lakers. He said they're going to get the eighth seed and they're going to beat the Lakers in the first round. Those were his words uh, on Undisputed. Let me ch- I'm looking at it here for you right now. They are currently... No, I don't want the Eastern Conference. Google. Yes, they are currently the 12th seed uh, in the West. They are behind the Spurs, the Kings, the Blazers, and then the Grizzlies have that um, eighth seed in the West. If the playoffs started today, the Pelicans would be number 12. They are 22. They are five games behind the Grizzlies for that eighth seed. He says they're going to catch them. And not only are they going to catch them, they're going to beat the Lakers in the first round. And to that, Shannon Sharp, as brilliant and bright as he is, says, what makes you so sure? How do you know they're going to beat the Lakers? And LeVar says, because again, he's doing what he does by nature. 
He says because you haven't seen Lonzo in playoff mode. You don't know what kind of player he becomes in the playoffs. Okay, so those were his comments. So that's the end of the LeVar Ball statements. True. Okay, very true. We have not seen Lonzo in the playoffs because he's never been to the playoffs. So no, we have not seen that. So technically he is right there. A broken clock is right twice a day. That is true. Yeah, we have not seen Lonzo in playoff mode. But to that, I say, you know who we have seen in playoff mode? Do you know who has been to the playoffs before in his career? It's a guy you may have heard of. His name is LeBron James. That guy, we do know what he looks like in the playoffs. We have seen him more than a few times in the postseason, Mr. Ball. We do know what LeBron James looks like when the calendar hits May and June. And so, again, I'm not even going to really rip LeVar Ball to shreds because, again, this isn't his fault. He's doing, what he, he's doing what he does. This is what LeVar Ball is designed to do. So it's not his fault, technically. This is Fox's fault. Because if Fox hadn't put him on the airwaves, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. And again, I'm not going to argue with LeVar Ball about basketball because that, that'd be like arguing with, you know, a rose bush about, you know, a presidential campaign. It, it, it just doesn't work. Those two things just don't, it's impossible to do. It's not going to happen. Look, quite frankly, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs to begin with. I, I really don't think. They're down five games and they're, they're chasing down Memphis. And this brings us all the way full circle. If it comes down to New Orleans or Memphis, who are the two biggest stars on those teams? It's John Morant and Zion Williamson. I'm going to side with John Morant. I mean, that dude's just... I love everything I see from John Morant. I mean, he's, he's, he's so spectacular. That guy's a superstar and an assassin. You watch him play the competitive nature, the fire that you see John Morant play with is something that you... I mean... You don't, you don't see that in everyday players. You just don't see that with the majority of players in the NBA. You certainly don't see that from Lonzo Ball. And that's why I've always said I've never disliked anyone for their basketball skill. Like just, just their game. Just what they do on the floor. I have never disliked anyone more than Lonzo Ball for that reason. I mean, it, it, just watching him play basketball is... It's unwatchable. I can't stand watching Lonzo Ball play. He has zero, zero passion, emotion, energy. It looks like he doesn't like playing basketball. When you watch him play, there is no love in how he plays. And I know that sounds kind of corny. But when you watch other people play, you can kind of see their passion for the game. As corny as that sounds, he doesn't have any love for the game. Watch other people play and then watch Lonzo Ball play. The body language, the speed, the excitement, it, it is night and day. It's, especially when we're talking about John Morant and Lonzo Ball, it's not even almost close. I think Memphis hangs on to that eighth seed. If anything, I think they catch, uh, or actually maybe not necessarily, they're behind Dallas for the seventh seed. Uh, There's seven games behind them. I'm surprised Dallas isn't any better. I love Luka Doncic. I mean, he's already one of my favorite players in the game. A, a star in the NBA already. It's only his second season. He just turned 21, uh, I believe, a week or two weeks ago. I'm actually older than Luka Doncic, 
by, you know, however many um, weeks or months. I don't want to lead on to, you know, how much older. But I am older than Luka Doncic. Which, you know, actually I was watching the the Mavericks game and they said uh, Luka Doncic turns 21 today. And I said, ouch. And I went and I looked in the mirror and then I just turned off all the lights and I kind of just sat in the darkness by myself for a little while. And then I kind of got over it and I came out. Um, But anyway, because, you know, Luka Doncic is a superstar in the NBA. And I have this dumb podcast that I do. And we're the same age. So that kind of was deflating a little bit. But anyway, back to the point at hand. I don't even think the Pelicans are making the playoffs to begin with. I don't think they're going to catch Memphis. I really don't. I don't think John Morant's going to allow that to happen. Let alone do I think they'll have a chance to win a game against the Los Angeles Lakers. They haven't beaten the Lakers in the regular season yet with or without Zion Williamson. And the Lakers have had Anthony Davis. They've been with and without Anthony Davis. And the Pelicans have not beaten the Lakers once this year. One time. That's with Anthony Davis, without Anthony Davis, and also with Zion Williamson and without Zion Williamson. So we've seen, we've seen all aspects of this matchup. There is no arguments that's left to be made. Well, what about if we get him? What if they're without him? No, we've already seen every outcome or every possible out- aspect, and the outcome is always the same. The Lakers, they beat the Pelicans. They just flat out do. Especially right now, the Lakers in their last 10 are 9-1. and one. They're getting red hot heading into uh, the postseason. So, I mean, again, I'm not really even kind of stressed about LeVar Ball. This is what he does. I'm more upset with Fox Networks for routinely having him on. And fair warning, he is going to be on a lot heading into this, uh, into this summer and into next season because LaMelo Ball, the most obnoxious ch- child of the Ball children. He is eligible for the NBA draft this year, so LeVar Ball is going to be in front of microphones often from now until whenever the draft is held. I think it's held during the NBA Finals or around that time. So, it's not going to be the last time, but I just want to tell you, you know, networks, you're in the wrong. If you have LeVar Ball in front of a microphone, in front of a camera, you know, and he says whatever he's going to say, do not blame LeVar Ball. This is, this is on you. Okay, I don't want to hear anyone say, well, man, LeVar Ball is this, this, that. He's whatever. No, blame the networks because they're the ones who allow him to go on the airwaves and say whatever he's going to say. So that's going to take us to the end of this week's episode. I appreciate you guys stopping by and sticking around. Hope you had a good time. Uh, I will talk to you guys next week. Really appreciate you guys stopping by.